welcome back to Morbidly Bewitched for more unnerving tales from across the globe. I'm Leanne, your personal tour guide, and if you like what you hear but have an overwhelming desire to see what I describe, I have a YouTube channel under the same name, Morbidly Bewitched, and I always have a corresponding video to these episodes with images to satisfy the more curious individual. If you want, you can head over there. In the meantime, get comfortable and let's get started. This new season is going to be a trilogy and that is going to be um, dedicated to the Franklin Expedition. Um, an ill-fated journey that took place in 1845. The first will be about the generalised information regarding the trip. The second will be about bodies that were buried on Beachy Island just shortly into their endeavours. And the last will be about the ships themselves. So without further ado, let's get into the trilogy. On the 19th of May 1845, Her Majesty's ships Erebus and Terror set sail from the River Thames, England with great aspirations to discover the so far unobtainable Northwest Passage. Headed by the God-fearing captain Sir John Franklin, a 59-year-old veteran of the sea, and his second-in-command, the captain of the Terror, uh, Francis Crozier, a hardened, whiskey-loving Irishman, along with a crew of 120 officers, they were steadfast, hardy and confident. The two ships themselves were originally bomber ships converted into icebreakers using the most high-tech advanced adjustments for their time and they were deemed unsinkable and phenomenal feats of human engineering for the task heralded as unstoppable with solid oak panelling reinforced by further solid timber and iron cladding the two ladies had feet thick hulls and uh, viewed as forces not to be trifled with by the inferior mother nature. They boasted 19th century versions of central heating using the pipes coming off the gigantic steam engines and again off the stoves. Now <clears throat> these stoves themselves were in use 22 hours per day by the onboard cooks to run an ever-present temperature level fit for a lounge cat. Well, to you and I, that is temperatures just above freezing, but out in the Arctic, that would have almost felt stifling to the men coming in from the upper decks. They had provisions for three years in the event of being icebound, and five if harsher rations were implemented, including more than 32,289 pounds of preserved meat and gallons upon gallons of lemon juice for vitamin C. They also had on board a brand new way of keeping food, tins. 
These were another true feat of engineering, which enabled them to store copious amounts of food with longer expiry dates and tantalising flavours like beef and liver. It all sounds amazing, well advanced, highly equipped and destined for success, doesn't it? Unfortunately not. What fate lay ahead of these poor souls was solitude and futile attempts of survival against the worst odds possibly imaginable. The vessels along with her doomed crew were last seen roughly two months into their journey just off Baffin Bay by British whalers and never seen again. It was Sir John's wife, Lady Jane Franklin, who raised the first alarm after no word of the voyage had been reported back. This sparked various search parties. They were assembled over the years through to 1857, but were unsuccessful in their endeavour to find the lost mission. However, in 1854, a Scottish explorer, John Ray, met with some Inuit residents who described some unusual um, descriptions of what they had seen in certain areas of the ice, like piles of human bones cracked in half as if to get to the morrow inside. Until one final attempt in 1859, headed by Captain Francis Leopold McClintock, reached King William Island and began finding the remnants of desperation. Skeletal hulls of pulled lifeboats scrapes of clothing and tins of unate food and unusually picked completely useless items like china and writing desks along with handwritten notes from the crew of the franklin expedition it was within these notes described as in some cases the ramblings of madmen with some being written backwards or in a paranoid code that needed to be deciphered that the fate of these wretched souls were uncovered the two vessels themselves became ice locked in 1846 as they came down victoria strait near king william island and remained that way for eight months. They also were able to find out that the beloved captain, Sir John, had died on the 11th of June 1847, only two years into their voyage, along with 23 officers. The reason behind the deaths being unclear, and it would seem also impossible with the amount of inventory still available to them at this stage of the expedition. The rescue team could only assume that some terrible, unpredictable fault had occurred, causing the entire team to abandon the safety of their ships on April 22, 1848, and head into the open abyss, due south, in search of help. But what could have occurred was completely unknown, as the two vessels had been swallowed by the dark waters of the ocean and the only people they could get any information from was the Inuit people from the area. (music) 
On this final bid to find the lost crew, one old Eskimo woman told Frances McClintock that she watched as starving men fell and died as they walked. The Inuit people also described scenes they had came across that would suggest cannibalism, with leg bones and buckets displaying cut marks as if to separate the flesh, and empty cans of completely inedible spoiled food strewn around desolate makeshift campsites, along with some odd artefacts. That to the Inuit people showed the complete misunderstanding of the men's surrounding environment, like the China, for example, and their inability to see sense and let go of material possessions. The snobbery of the admirals refused to believe that any well bred Englishman would resort to such callous, uncivilised acts of butchery and called out the Inuit people as savage and more than likely murderers of the ill-fated crew, only making these horrible stories up to somehow cover their own tracks of butchery. The entire mission, its men and the ships, went down in history as another, albeit on a grander scale, unfortunate case of death and victims in pursuit of the much coveted Northwest Passage. The complete disappearance of these people also put down to more than likely the Inuit people's doing. It was not until the 20th century that our own advancement in technology and equipment had, had improved that some form of light was shed on the most likely cause of the Franklin expedition and how the entire crew perished with what should have been ample provisions to see them through. Join me in my next episode as I delve deeper into the doomed Franklin expedition. Sleep tight and I will see you soon.